welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we're talking about watching people play games online. Twitch has always had a place to watch video games, but now more board game channels are popping up. Many YouTube channels offer full playthroughs of board games, and RPGs have become mainstream partly because anyone can watch them being played. What is the appeal of watching tabletop games being played? What do we like or dislike about it? And is it a good way to learn how to play or know if you're going to like the game you're watching? But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, and the Gifted Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. And a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. All right. So, how was your weeks? How was your week? How was your week? (laughs) Tell us about your lifetime thing in the seven days that have passed since the last episode. Well, Uh, on Friday, I sent out. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) They let you out? Yep, they finally let me out of the bathroom. I don't remember if we talked about during the actual podcast that I was recording live from a bathroom last week or if we just talked about it to the live audience, but I was in an Airbnb bathroom. You seem to be in a. In a new, new place in your home now this time. I'm just on the other side of the table because I was too lazy to move the baby-proof plugs out of the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a whole different vantage point for me. Yeah, Yeah, you can see part of my messy kitchen, so don't don't look over here. I can see part of the kitchen. I now see like this herring behind you in a a painting picture. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is from my grandparents' house. They had a whole um, collection of blue heron, great blue heron paintings, and this was the one that I I got. Very nice. Normally, Fletcher, you see I had something... um, King Louis the Fourteenth's hunting dogs is the other print on the <laughs> other side of the table. <laughs> yeah, so I've seen I've seen that one. Fletcher, I got something in the mail from you today. Oh yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Man, that oh, those this... went out quick. I want to go I've, check my I've, mail. I've... I don't know if I, I opened know. my mailbox. <laughs> that's ooh, it's a little mirrored like this is this is fancy it's a mirrored invitation to Flutter, fletcher's wedding and i'm, I'm gonna seriously describe checking it. my mail right now all right <laughs> kitty will be out for a second this is it's is this a necklace it almost looks like a necklace it's a it's little not a necklace keep going glass mirrored save the date 9 21 it, it's not glass it's acrylic it's a acry- oh but it's very reflective like it, it feels, it looks mirror-ish. Like I can see myself talking, and now I'm just staring at myself, so I'm distracted by the rest of the invitation. Um, Let's see if you can guess what it is. Yeah, it's very cool. This is a save the date invitation to follow. I expect the invitation to be far fancier. Um, wait, wait, wait. Is this a something? Okay, it's just a little hex, right? It's just a hex. Am I missing something? Well, keep secret? going. Um, wedding oh, not secret. Food. I mean, it should just jump kind of like right out at you. Uh, oh, wait. I don't know if it's jumping out at me. Is it jumping out at me? <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to need some help. I, I mean, I, okay. Just you see how it's like off the thing, right? Like it's off the off the card? Yes. Okay. What's behind it? Oh, behind it is a your initials. I'm very confused. It's a magnet, Chris. It's a magnet. <laughs> oh, well, maybe my <laughs> magnet is not in. Oh, wait. See, here's the problem. In transit, our post office got it here quick, but the magnet fell off. So now, oh. all right, now <laughs> there's a magnet on here. All right, and I can put it on oh, as a refrigerator well, magnet. Well, we're okay. not going to uh, do an escape room with Chris anymore. No. <laughs> can't, he's not good at figuring things out. 
Nope. Well, to be fair, I guess it, it, the magnet thing fell off on the, on the back. So yes, it, but is it, it was hard for acrylic? him to guess what it was. It's it, part of his missing. Acrylic, yeah, an acrylic um, hexagon refrigerator magnet. Save the date thing. I love it. It looks awesome. Kitty hasn't gotten one yet, but it makes we sense. Those out. I'm glad the way we, we should go check Friday. the mail because there was like a 35 pound bag of dog food on my front step. So <laughs> brought that in. <laughs> So you send it Friday, and today is Monday. So yeah, that was pretty fast, actually. Now, granted, I live an hour from you, but yeah, it was still. it was quick. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> I expect mine any day now. Yours should be there tomorrow, probably. It's true. All right. Um, I have played some games over the last week because last week I complained about not playing games a lot, and so I said, you know something, the solution to complaining about not being able to play enough games is just to go play them. So I did. Um, so I played an entire campaign of Solomon Kane, which only took about three hours, which was great. And I've played Bloodborne. I've tried to play through the campaign twice. A lot. And, and these are both games that kind of sparked this topic because in order to learn to play these games, I was watching people play them online. And I'm going to start, I want to do a, a little mini review on these. Because, um, Kitty, I think you're really going to like Solomon Kane. And, Fletcher, you might really like Bloodborne. Um, but I'm going to start with Bloodborne. Bloodborne from Simon. I, I'm all in. Got all the stuff. The only thing I've opened, though, is the base box. I haven't opened anything else. I opened some of the extras because there was, like, upgraded components in there. So that's, like, the Kickstarter exclusive extras for upgrades. But this game is miserable hard. It is like, just like the video game. Just like the video game. And honestly, it's like, you know, you go to BGG and there's some people like, oh, no, it's so easy. Blah, blah, blah. And most people are like, oh, my God, this game is impossible. And anytime someone mentions a way of making it easier, there's just like 50 people jumping on to say, why would you do that? The game is perfectly balanced. No, no, no. The game, it's a co-op game. There's no such thing as perfectly balanced. It's not balanced. It's just hard, which is fine. Just don't confuse hard with balance. See an episode of several episodes ago. Um, this game is unforgiving in so many ways. Now, I'm sure there's a certain, like, well, if you play this way, it makes it easier. But I've tried it with one character. I've tried it with two characters. There's no way I'm playing three or four characters by myself. So I haven't even bothered with that. Um, but I don't hear it gets easier as you scale it up. And the the, the system of running around tracking down story elements, the card play, you play a card to take an action. And if you're in combat, you play a card and that action, that card work, depending on where you play it in your trick weapon. So your trick weapon typically has like three different slots, which will do a certain amount of damage at a certain speed. And, but it also then will trigger the effect on the card. But if you just discard the card for any other action, you don't get the effect. So the first time I played this, I didn't, I, I missed that rule. So there's a, one card that says draw one. So when you play that, I was playing it to move and then drawing another card, which gave me some extra actions and actually made the game enjoyable. I beat it just barely and I enjoyed it. Then I read the rules like, okay, this you don't get those things. I played it again and just got stomped. Three times I tried to play this and just got stomped over and over and over again um, to the point where I don't know that I enjoy the game as written. <laughs> and I'm going to adopt one of the... Um, uh, variants, we'll call it, which is instead of having three actions when you're playing single player, a single character, you draw four cards. So instead of drawing three cards, you draw four cards. I think that that will make the game a lot more enjoyable for me. 
Um, and then maybe once I get good at it, I can be like, okay, now I can bump the difficulty up. But like Cthulhu Death May Die, which I didn't actually find, I don't find that game as hard as other people do, but like it, there is no scaling. There's no difficulty scaling in this game, which is not uncommon for CMON games, but it's one of the things that I now appreciate more when the scaling is there. Like, I still don't play too many bones above the easy level because I just, I like feeling like I can achieve things as opposed to just getting punched in the face over and over. there's too many. Yeah, there's too many bones. Let me have a few bones up front. <laughs> so that that's Bloodborne. Um, I truly, truly do enjoy the system, though, and I enjoy the game, and I'm going to keep playing it. Like I said, I'm just going to give myself an extra card. And for all of you people that think that that's cheating or anyone who thinks in their head, well, whatever you have to do to have fun... Exactly. Whatever I have to do to have fun, stop judging my gaming table. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Solomon Kane. This game is from Awakened Realms. It is, I think it's a year late. Although I just got a game. Oh, what was this one? Chronicle X. I I'm just got the two years late from the audience. Two years, two years late. Um, I just got a game Chronicle X, which I think is three years late. Um, I got the extras for it. I think I got the base game. Is last that the year. game you picked up or an Apple TV? Um, the, I picked up the Apple TV to look at the game calendar, and then I looked on the Kickstarter, uh, and the calendar is a stretch goal, but it was like a a 2019 calendar, and this one's a 2021 calendar. So I'm like, well, at least they didn't give me the 2019 calendar. Um, so that was a plus. But anyway, Solomon Kane comes out. The game, the way the Solomon Kane works, and again, a game I watched a lot online, is you are, it's a fully co-op game, although there is a versus mode, so one person can play the enemies, and there's two ways to play solo. But the idea is you have these virtues that are in kind of like the immortal realm, so they don't they're not really on the map in the physical realm, but they have an aura around them and they can influence Solomon Kane in certain ways, depending on how close they are to him and stuff. And Solomon Kane, he needs to move around the board and do certain tasks, which that by itself sounds like a normal game. It's, it's, it's a little, you know, all right, that's a cool gimmick. Everyone's controlling the same character. And if you're all playing different virtues, they call them, um, then you kind of have to coordinate. It's like, okay, well, I will move him here, and then you have to get him over there, and then if you can deal with that shadow over there, then I think we can get over to here by the end of whatever, right? So you're, you're kind of you're working those things out. Well, what ends up happening is the very first, each campaign is set into chapters, and it'll say, like, there's 10 chapters, and it's like two to four hours of, of gameplay. I'm like, well, 10 chapters in two hours, how do you even do that, right? That's just like... You barely, you barely set up the game. But really what it is, you open up the storybook and it becomes, this is a story chapter. And you set up the game without a map. And you're still playing the same game, but all you're trying to do is put light on this path. There's like five little dots you're trying to put light on. And there's different actions that allow you to turn put light on and stuff. And there's darkness cards you're drawing that are going to affect you in different ways. And that's how they get so many chapters in. Because they have story chapters, and then scene chapters. And the scene chapters are the map ones. And it's super compelling. Like there's, depending on how well you do, you're going to take a branching thing. It's like the most elaborate choose your own adventure that I've seen. Um, the only complaint I have is I can't stand the French dialect writing. Like the writing is fine. It's just the dialogue in this like French 
snooty, I don't know, Solomon Caney dialogue of like, I oh, just Puritan is the word may, you're looking for. Is it a pilgrim Puritan kind of deal? Exactly. Yes. And and I'm just like, ah, oh, come on. Because every time I read some of the dialogue, it takes me out of the story. But the stories are good. And I think they're all based on actual Solomon Kane novels. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's very, very good. I plan on playing more. Um, I played the entire first campaign incorrectly because I was learning from a video I was watching online. So here's, a, here's my segue into our topic. And this was a five-hour-long video series on how to play through the first campaign, which is which incorrectly. is fine. Incorrectly, <laughs> um, the first the first video of it was basically here's how you set up, here's the basic rules, and then you actually play through the campaign with them. And it's a hundred percent spoilerific, uh, which is fine because the stories are they're fine. Like they can be replayed. It's not like oh I'm gonna miss this twist or whatever. It's like no no no. It's fine that. They were spoiled, and I had no problem doing that. But he got a rule wrong, and therefore I got a rule wrong. And at the beginning of your turn, you roll three dice, and those three dice determine the different actions that you can take. Um, and the aura or the the single player virtue you can play. One of its abilities is once you put a, a light on a particular ability, you get plus one die. So he was rolling four dice pretty much through the entire like episodes. One, two, three, and four. And somewhere in episode four, he catches himself. And, well, that's 33% more dice that you're getting. And it made the game very easy. I destroyed the campaign. And I felt very good about myself. And then I got to the fourth episode. I'm so good at this game. Yeah, I was so good at it. It's like, oh, so you only get that extra die if it's a scene. So, therefore, you have the virtue on the board. And Solomon Kane is within the aura of the virtue. Any other situation, you don't roll four dice, you only roll three dice, which means all the story chapters, you don't roll three dice. Um, or you don't roll four dice. So I'm like, okay, all right, that's fair. That's fair. We'll call that a learning experience. I'll reset and I'll start again and see what happens. And then I'll see if I go back to the Bloodborne where I was like, nah, I just like rolling four dice. I'm just going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just like winning. I don't care yeah. if it's by the rules. <laughs> I So Lord of the Rings did this. Lord of the Rings, the current board game from Fantasy Flight, that game was relatively hard. And they came out with, quote-unquote, story mode, which, like, ramped the difficulty down to nothing just so you could actually get through the game and experience the story. So now I like just giving all games story mode. Just let me play through the game and experience the story. When I want it to be harder, I'll make it hard. I still play Arkham Horror on easy because I've been playing that game for years. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking it, about your love of easiness and things. <laughs> True. We've talked about the other things. All right. So did you guys do your homework? Um, yes. Sort of. <laughs> okay. We got one yes and one sort of. I'll take it. Kitty, you have a little bit that you've been researching on this topic for, I don't know, the last year and a half and been berating us with it over that time. So oh, it all applies. My, my thing that I have been trying to get everyone to listen to for the last two and a half years yeah, yeah. that would be the thing yeah yeah <laughs> so i All listen right. to a lot of um actual play podcasts is is how i do this so i don't watch a lot of gameplay but i listen to quite a bit so i'll call that my homework done but i also did watch some stuff or at least i tried to <laughs> fair enough so i just wanted to get a feel for what you guys thought. So specifically the homework that I assigned them, I gave them three videos to watch um, to kind of give a range of 
these types of watching someone play a game videos. Um, the first one was a Rado video. I think most people are familiar with Rado, um, but essentially what he does is he'll play through a game either solo or two players where he's controlling both, and he'll play through about an hour. Uh, typically, he's not playing an entire game, although some videos he used to do like extended plays where you could watch him play the whole game. Um, but he's describing everything he's doing, why he's doing it, so he's kind of you know talking through in his head strategy at the time and you know explaining the rules and stuff as he goes through. Um, the next one I sh- I threw out there was the One Stop Co-op Shop, which I've actually taken a real liking to. And this was for Sleeping Gods. Um, I have not watched this video, but it's on my short list of to watch. Sleeping Gods is the newest game from Ryan Lockett that is an open world story adventure game. And it's like kind of an ideal situation of a game that you might want to watch someone play if you just don't have the time or don't have the game. And then finally... Um, something I think most people are familiar with, although it's not actively in production anymore, which is the Geek and Sundry Tabletop with Will Wheaton. Um, and this one's specifically Munchkin, because Munchkin is a love-it-or-hate-it game, but it's still a fun game to watch other people play, especially friends that are like kind of playing at each other. So, Fletcher, what did you think on all this? Um, I Let me think. Well, my favorite was the Rotto. If I had, and I think it's because it's kind of like it, it's a Rado run through, not a Rado review. But um, I do like how he explains everything that he's doing. It's just him. He, you know, you get the close up of the card and he's like speaking about everything that he's doing. He, he has like the internal monologue that you would usually have with yourself. He just, you know, verbal verbalizes everything that's going on. Um, and I like that it's kind of like a. You watch someone play the game and you learn how to play the game at the same time. Um, I don't know. I found, and he's also like super energetic the entire time, which I find entertaining. Um, the other ones were fine, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess I just like Rado. Kitty, did you watch the Rado one? No. Okay. Have you watched any Rado? Um, I have in the past, but it, nothing super recently. Nothing I can speak to off the top of my head. So I, I agree. That watching him play a game, you were going to learn a lot, not only in the gameplay itself, but in the strategy and all of that. I don't know if he's my favorite to watch for entertainment value, um, but I do like his opinions. I think his opinions are very thought out. And I know him. So I listen to mostly when I listen to him, I listen to his podcast. I don't actually listen to, um, I don't watch a ton of his videos. It's a different kind of entertainment, right? It's not like scripted entertainment or it's right. like review entertain. Again, I, I'm calling it review, but it's it, not a review. Yeah, it's raw. It's raw. I'm playing a game in real time footage. Right. Um, I, it, it's a different kind of like that entertainment that, that I like. And um, I don't know. I'm just kind of more drawn to it for whatever reason. Yeah. No, I mean, and he does great stuff. Now, with Rado, you have to know he was a video game designer. He and I actually have... Um, a fair amount in common in like our path to whatever because we both used to be video game developers and then went into board games and then stopped playing video games completely and now we don't care about video games at all but every time we get a board game in front of us we're like if they would have done this it would have been better um but because he has that designer like experience he's able to speak to a game saying i really liked this 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 and this now there was this one thing i didn't like and if they had done it this way i think i would have liked it better and etc um 
but he's very much self-described as a Care Bear gamer. So if there's a game that has any conflict, any take that, anything like that, he's going to be like, I understand why people might like this game, but it's not for me. It's, you know, this isn't a game that I would play. Um, if it doesn't scale down to two players, he's like, I am not interested in any game that doesn't play well at two players because my gaming partner is only my wife. And therefore, any game that doesn't play well at two players is not a game for me. But he will still let you know whether or not it's a game for you, especially if you follow the run through. Um, my biggest pet peeve with him, though, is he is now ruling out all roll to resolve games. Any game that has dice involved, it's basically like, nope, I have no interest in it whatsoever. Um, even though he'll talk about like certain games he likes that have certain dice manipulation, but he's he has a very specific taste, and he will make me buy games if he likes something. I will go out and give it a second thought, and most likely buy the game because I trust his opinion, and I trust that what he's telling me is going to be raw information that I can then use to get whatever information I want. Were you entertained by him? Uh, you're asking me or Kitty? Well, Kitty doesn't wasn't entertained because she didn't watch him. So I remember oh. now I watched him play um, Castles of Burgundy when we were learning that. Oh, okay. Were you entertained by him? Yeah. Kitty. Okay. Fletcher. Yeah. I mean, I think I kind of already answered that question, but okay. yes. All right. Will Wheaton's Tabletop. Kitty, have you ever watched this? I watched it a little bit a while ago, and I don't know. I It didn't draw me in. Fletcher. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Fletcher that's, sometimes have two similar tastes. It's not well, fun to talk um, to us. <laughs> well, see, that's interesting because so Tabletop was probably one of, and still to this day, highly produced gameplay videos because it took the, it was highly, highly edited. And it took kind of like the reality TV show approach where you got to know all the people ahead of time. Here's the game. Here's a quick intro to the game. And then they would take breaks and take people into confessionals and say, okay, what is your strategy at this point? What are you trying to do? What do you think, you know, this person's doing or that person's doing? And it was very compelling to watch. So I think it was maybe too produced for me. I, it didn't feel like playing a game with friends would feel. And um, I'm going to bring up the homework that I did that you didn't tell me to do. Which was you, you sent me three videos and I looked at them and said, nah. <laughs> And I uh, was like, I wonder what YouTube will suggest for me. This is what Chris thinks I should do. But, you know, I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. I wonder what, you know, the delightful algorithm will come up with. So I just typed in um, board game playthrough. And I scrolled through and saw that there was a video of a group playing Parks, which I backed on Kickstarter. And my copy has been played, but I didn't get to play it. <laughs> so I had vaguely seen over a couple people's shoulder this game played, but um, Game Night from BGG had done this one. And I really liked this video. And I can see myself maybe watching this same kind of situation where like, I have a game, I haven't been able to play it, and I want to know how it works and see other people play, maybe get some ideas of strategies at work, see how it goes. And I liked this format of they literally just, the one guy ran through the rules and then they played and they talked just like you would talk with friends as you played the game. And um, it didn't hurt that they were playing with Deborah Ann Wool from um, True Blood and yep. other things. So, you know, they had, 
that that fun bit of interest of like, oh, hey, it's Jessica. Um, <laughs> but I I really liked um, the way they did it. It just felt like sitting around a table. There wasn't as much interruption. There were a couple points where, you know, people kind of talked out what they were doing, but it didn't, you know, it was the same kind of way that you would talk out a move that you were making. Like, it wasn't... I'm narrating my thoughts and now everyone at the table will have insight. It was more things like, huh, I wonder if this one would be a good choice or how does this work again? Those kinds of questions that felt very natural. And I really liked this, except that it took an hour and 45 minutes. Yep. <laughs> and um, most of the content I consume visually is in the 15 to 30 minute range because that is the kind of breaks I can get. I put my son in front of the TV for a little bit while my kid is napping and that is it. That's all I can have to myself <laughs> to yeah, actually thought, pay attention to something. Yeah, I thought the same thing with Game Night. I like the the model. They have regulars and then they bring on guests and mm-hmm. oftentimes it's because um, Deborah, she's just on everything. Like she's like the face of role playing <laughs> and gaming in general when you talk to when you're talking celebrities. Um, but They'll bring on other content creators and stuff like that. Rado's been on more than a few of them. Um, some of my friends that I've, you know, gotten to know, they've, I've seen them on there and stuff. And it is. The problem is, it is as long as it would take for a group to play the game for the first time. So those videos can be very long. The nice thing about it, though, is if you're very, if you're interested in it and you like the, you know, the people that are playing and you're interested in the game, you could pause it and pick it up. Yeah. You know, for sure. I'll, I watched. Let's see, how much time did my kids give me? Only 34 minutes of this. But I, you know, I can come back to it later. And while I'm working on a sewing project or something, I can have this going. And it does take a little bit more of my visual attention than a lot of stuff I watch, consume. I um, get yelled at a lot for listening to the TV. My husband will come in and go to turn off the TV. I'm like, no, no, I'm watching that. He's like, how? You have like eight <laughs> windows open on your computer while you're working on cross-stitching. This is not how people watch TV. I'm like, I'm watching it. <laughs> Deal with it. So do you think, are you learning how to play the game when you watch a video like Game Night? Or is it more or less, are you being entertained by watching other people play a game? Um, I think I'm learning the game while being entertained. So like... I'm learning the game, for sure, but in a nice, entertaining way. I don't think I would watch these same people play the same game more than once. You know, okay. like, if they play through parks, they're like, oh, that was really fun. Let's play again. I'd be like, no, thanks. <laughs> you know, I watched you guys do this <laughs> once. That's enough. Um, but I like, I liked learning this way. I've done this before with other games. Um, but normally, I just watch... You know, you run through the rules and then play a few rounds. I've never watched someone play the whole game. And I do think you learn more by seeing more turns taken, different styles of play played out in front of you. So there is merit to watching the whole thing. Yeah. No, I would I would agree. Um, Fletcher, I don't think you watched a game night, right? You didn't do extra credit work? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you do? Did you watch the co-op shop one? Yes. So what did you think about that format? So just for everyone um, is on the same page, One Stop Co-op Shop, they there's a group of them, but they are never together in the videos. Um, at least not in the videos I've watched. It's They're literally playing 
one player. They're playing these games solo, and then you kind of go through. Now, one of the things I like about uh, One Stop Co-op Shop is they cut out all the fluff. So the thinking that Rado might do or the game night thinking or whatever, they cut all that out. So if he's him and Han, it, that part gets cut and it's like, okay, and here's the decision I came to and why. So they just kind of jump right to it. Um, now, the the, what, the video I gave you, Fletcher, is not the person that I normally watch. So I don't know if it was ed- edited the same way or not. But I'm curious versus watching, I guess Rado is a one person doing it too. Um, what did you think about the one-stop co-op shop style of play? Um, so I, I kind of missed that aspect and that's what I kind of like about Rado's videos is that the constant kind of like word vomit of everything that he's thinking <laughs> and like making, making mistakes as he's doing it and then realize he's, he's making a mistake. He's like, Oh no, wait, I can't do that because if I do that, then I can't do this. So, okay, hold on. Let me backtrack. And uh, he even does like reverse psychology on himself. He plays, like, both, he plays like both roles and he's like, but this person might think that I'm doing it this way, but they would know that I'm thinking that. So then I might just do it anyway because they wouldn't be expecting that. So let's go with that. And it's like, you're playing both roles, but I like that. It's like entertaining in that, in that way. I'm talking about Frado again. Yeah. Um, so the, like the one stop co-op shop is, so it's, it's not that it's a little bit more, I don't know, for my taste, like dry, Mm-hmm. And um, I guess like it, it was more low key, at least also because this, this is the only video I've ever watched of this. This is the one you sent me. It's it's much more like low key. And I like the amp style of Rado just being super excited about everything. Always. Yeah, he, he definitely knows how to vamp. He knows how to fill yeah. the air. Um, and he's a hyper introvert, too. Like he does not like he's not a social person. But when you put a camera on him, he's like. Boom, need to fill the air, need to fill the time. I'm on it. Um, and also, Michael just mentioned, don't forget to turn on your Klingon channels when you're watching Rado because uh, he yes. has an editor that will go through and the editor will put in the subtitles of the Klingon subtitles um, any rules mistakes that Rado makes. So as long as you're watching it with subtitles, you're, you're typically learning the game fairly well. So I've, with the one stop co op shop, I don't mind that you're right. It is a little drier. It is a little lower energy, but it's cut down to the parts that I care most about if I'm trying to learn a game. And then I can be, I guess I don't really watch for entertainment as much as I'm watching to experience the game so that when I read the rules or go back to learn the game or go watch a watch it played on or a rules video, I have the context necessary for applying the rules to a situation. That's the main reason why I started watching these is because when you just pick up a 30-page rule book and start reading it, you have zero context. You don't have any like, okay, I'm going to be, there's going to be actions and rounds and stuff, and I'm supposed to be collecting victory points. I get it. That's like every game. But how is this game different? And then you just start describing all these movement rules and here's how you spawn monsters. And it's not until you get to the end of the book where it's like, okay, now I think I understand enough of what this game's trying to do where I can go back and read the whole thing and maybe attach that knowledge to other things. Where if I watch someone else play the game, now I can actually read the instruction book and be like, oh, right. So this is where they were talking about combat and why combat works this way. But I've already watched combat happen multiple times. So I can say, up oh, and here are the rules. And actually, when I was reading, there was one video I was watching where they were doing it one way and I'm reading the rules and I'm like, I'm pretty sure the rules 
are like that's wrong. And it was like the next video was like, okay, we've been doing this wrong. You know, you're supposed to discard <laughs> these cards at the end of the round. I'm like, okay, great. But but I knew that because I had been watching someone play it. It's like watching a demo at a convention. And maybe that's why I started doing this, because I don't get to watch demos at conventions anymore. Where it's like, oh, I get the gist of this. Now I can read the rules and, like, get an idea of what's going on here. Uh, all right. So, verdict. Fletcher, would you, for a game that you're interested in... Actually, uh, I'm going to ask you a specific... First, I'm going to ask you a general question. Then I'm going to ask you a specific. Would you, for a game you're interested in, watch someone else play it on YouTube, Twitch, whatever, because you just couldn't get the group together to play it or it just you know it wasn't going to happen you, you didn't own the game but you know you like the game the idea of the game enough where you would watch somebody play it. is that something that you would seek out right now or if i don't send you a link you're probably never going to look at another game played online um so i have watched games uh like i'll watch it played or something like that ahead of p- playing a game anticipating to play a game like Kingdom of Monster, as an example, um, even a little bit of Gloomhaven, just to like understand the rules so I don't go in completely cold. Um, I don't think I would do it instead of playing, but I would do it like before I play to to learn the rules and to like see actual gameplay. If I sent you a link to, I think it's six or seven hours of the Dice Tower group playing Twilight Imperium, would you watch that? Um, I may only because like, that's probably something that we would do. And it's a good way to like learn the rules. Okay. I don't know if I'd watch all six or seven hours of it, but I'd probably definitely watch a decent chunk of it. Yeah. I think my response would be like, it depends how entertaining they are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, that's a long, a long commitment. But, but if, if you were, if we we're like, okay, you know, hypothetically like, oh, this weekend, like you're going to come over and we're going to play Twilight Imperium. I'd be like, okay. And I'd probably go online and watch a video of like, watch it played or watch people play Twilight Imperium. So the first thing I do when I sit down is not you just explaining all the rules to me is that, I mean, we'd probably have to go over some of it, but I, I want like an idea in my head. Like this is how basic your basic turn structure works. And this is like what you kind of want to do. These are some of the factions and, and their abilities. Um, speaking of which, Side note, I will be offering you a weekend in the next few weeks to exactly do that. So <laughs> okay. um, the the two people that we've been playing with, both of them are, I think they started their vaccinations. They've both gotten their first and will be getting their second soon. Um, so we are going to celebrate with Twilight Imperium and <laughs> you are welcome to join us. We're going to celebrate by... All getting <laughs> diseased. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All sitting in my basement in close proximity to each other. Um, Kitty, APs aside, could you see yourself like, you know, you, certain um, celebrities or whatever on game night? It's like, oh, they're playing this game and I'm interested. In, like, I like that person. Could you see yourself watching that for fun? Or does I'm it have much- to be a game you're interested in? I'm much more likely to watch it if it's a game I'm interested in than a person I'm interested in. Um, I'm especially interested if it's both, like Parks and uh, Deborah and Walt was a really good mix for me. <laughs> it was a game <laughs> that I've been meaning to play, too. So I think the thing that comes across here is we are all often the teacher of the game. So 
we're the person who knows the rules coming to the table and we're often teaching it to friends, family members, whatever. Um, and it's a lot easier to do that if you really know and have played it before. Like Azul, Lightning Steve in our audience taught us Azul at GameholeCon. And then we went back and played it another time. And then I got it for my mom for her birthday. And I basically taught it with only glancing at the rule book. So much easier than something like Parks, where I've opened it a couple of times, looked at it and thought... I already know how to play Azul. Why am yeah. I doing this? <laughs> yeah. um, but now that I've watched this video, I'm going to make my mom play it me because this is a game. It's going to be totally up her alley. It's really thinky, kind of puzzly, resource management kind of a game. And her real life goal is to visit all the national parks. So she's been going through these and she loves this theme. So now that I've got my I'm familiar with it. I know how it works. Um, I can play her and I can kick her butt because I already know how to win. Yeah, I like how you said we are the people that are normally teaching, uh, which is true, because mm-hmm. it immediately made me jump to we're the game masters. Yeah. On board game night, <laughs> we're the ones that are bringing the game, setting it up. All right, players, gather around. Let me set the scene for you. Now, we take a part in those games a little differently. Um, or an active player on the same level. But even then, sometimes it's difficult if you're playing a competitive game. Um, you know, you have to be a little bit softer in, in your approach. But when I'm a game master and I'm teaching, when I find a new role-playing game, the first thing I'm doing before I bring any players to the table is I am researching everything I can on how this game is run, how it is played, how how it works. Um I've gone, like, when I started doing Savage Worlds, I went to several conventions to play in games before I said, okay, I am ready to run this game. And, like, with being able to watch someone play it online, a board game online, that's kind of getting me to the level where I'm like, okay, I get how this is played, and now I can teach it. Now... Switching over a little bit. So what we've been talking about is watching people play board games. And we have a couple questions in the chat about where um, like Rodney Smith's Watch It Played falls into this. Fun fact, Watch It Played started out as a channel where you would watch him play the game. He would spend one video teaching the game. And then the next four videos, you would watch him play the game with his kids or a friend. And he would do breaks where it's like, okay, we're going to end here. Audience, let us know which moves you want me to make or something those lines. And it was actually watching him play. Uh, About two and a half, three years ago, he partnered with Board Game Geek. And now he solely does like how to play videos. It could be Rodney Smith, how to play versus watch it play. But it's actually watch it played, how to play is the subtitle. <laughs> um, I see those as very, very different. Both of them are valuable, but in very different ways. When I watch a Rodney Smith video, who actually, if you were to follow along in the rule book and follow, and, and follow one of his videos, you would be following paragraph by paragraph. He scripts the rule book. So you can actually, at any point that he's talking... You can just be like, oh, and here's where this is. And in fact, it's probably the easiest way to watch watch it played is to have the rule book in front of you as you're going through it. The thing is, it still leads to the same problem of I don't have all the context I need until I'm done, until I'm done reading all of this and I need to put it all together. So I think these two things are very different. What are your opinions on them? And you can't just say yes. Must elaborate. 
a little bit. Kitty, go. Um, I do think it's different. I like seeing different play styles, how different players approach the game with something like Rado or uh, Watch It Played. Um, even though Rado does play more of the game, he's still just one person. I liked seeing how different people approach the game, seeing some different strategies. You would have to play several times to pick that all up intuitively, depending on who you're playing with. Whereas when you're watching other groups of players, they usually have different play styles. You can pick those all up at once. And I, I liked that about it. Fletcher, what about you? What is more valuable? Twilight Imperium, we're going to play it in three weeks. Is it more valuable that I send you a video that teaches you how to play in 32 minutes? Or should I send you a video that shows people playing it, but it's going to be like five or six hours? Probably shows people playing it. Okay. I would say because the 32 minute thing, like that's just not going to be long enough to retain much of the information. You'll get the big beats, but like... You know, it doesn't really, it's not really going to teach you any kind of like strategy to go, go through. But if you actually watch a video of people playing it for five hours, you're going to be like, okay, like I get much more of this game. Um, so I'd say, I mean, it's obviously more of an investment, but you'll probably come away with more information if your goal is to learn how to play a game. So if I was trying to like really, really learn the game, like backwards, forwards, I am ready to do this. We don't have to go through explanations. When I get to Chris's house, I'm just going to sit down and play. I want to watch the 32 minute video. I want to watch, you know, one to three hours of the playthrough. And then I want to watch the 32 minute video again. And then I've got it. You stole my words. Ha <laughs> ha. That's why I'm, I had to I'm, cut you off. I interrupted you for once. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's perfect. But I mean, the reason I started watching these playthroughs is because there wasn't... Um, so recently, and I've watched playthroughs on multiple games, but recently it's been Solomon Kane and Bloodborne. And when I started watching them, the best produced videos were the ones that were playthroughs and not how to plays. And so that's why I started watching them. And then some how to plays came out as well. So now I can watch those after watching someone play it and it all makes a lot more sense and i like sandwiching it is like the ideal because if you have a concise how to play then you can watch the game played and then you can rewatch the how to play that's really going to cement things in there most games you don't necessarily have the luxury to do that some of the bigger like more mainstream games and i'm using mainstream in our little niche (laughs) world mainstream uh, you do but like something like solomon kane this is a two-year-old delayed Kickstarter. There's not a lot of modern content on it. And I don't like going back to the Kickstarter videos because in the three years since the Kickstarter launched, I expect certain things have changed. And I don't, if I'm going to watch a video and invest my time in there, I don't want to invest in things that are different. So I'm looking for modern content on this stuff. So the best I had was, okay, I just need to watch someone play the game because they're doing it, and I'm going to learn how to play through there. And they do do a good job at explaining it. Um, mm-hmm. Do do, yeah. But <laughs> this isn't Solomon Kane. This is Solomon Grundy. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely different now. Oh, uh, so different. Actually, now I'm going to change the model. Um, not <laughs> but yes. So, like I said, I. I have come around on this. I used to be at a a point where I'm like, why would I watch anyone play board games? Like, that's not exciting. But there are certain channels now that do a really good job presenting this stuff. 
and they have great overlays and great instructions. And whether they have our high energy or good vocal qualities or whatever the case is, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And there's a lot of terrible stuff, but there's a lot of good <laughs> stuff out there. So um, in a completely different note, I don't know if this makes sense in this topic, but I'm hijacking for a moment. Um, so I listened to the Glass Cannon podcast, as anyone who listens to our podcast has had to hear ad nauseum. But during the pandemic, they started um, doing – so they have several shows they do now. They do a Pathfinder campaign. They've got a Starfinder campaign. And then they were also running a Patreon-exclusive Pathfinder campaign. But the guy who um, is their GM for that game got covid and couldn't run it for a couple of weeks. So quick on the fly, they decided they were going to play D&D 5th edition and give it a chance. And so they called it New Game Who Dis. And just real quick, <laughs> um, they built characters and like went through like a tiny dungeon, just played it for a couple hours. And um, their friend took a while to recover, so they just kept doing this for a while, and every week they would try out a different system. And slowly they became longer and longer, more episodes, and they played Delta Green, and it took like 10 episodes, and now they've made it part of their like standard lineup. And I've really enjoyed listening to them play these different systems as beginners, and they go through the rules and character creation and it has honestly made me want to try more of these game systems that I don't know would have ever come across my radar. One of my biggest sticking points for picking up a new role-playing game is all this content we've talked about with certain board games. Now, not every board game gets this equal amount of treatment. Most board mm-hmm. games get no content created around them whatsoever, even from the original designers and publishers. But when they do... You can use that as an on-ramp into those games. There are so few role-playing systems that get any kind of how-to-play content created for them. It's D&D and D&D. Like, that's it. <laughs> All your content is D&D. And it makes sense because when you look at the numbers, that's what people are playing. But again, is that is that an indicator as to what content should be created? Or is what people are playing based on the content that they can figure out how to play? Right. So if, if I had the same amount, if I had a critical role for Pathfinder, would Pathfinder be more popular than it is right now? And my guess is, yes, it would. Because a lot of people are playing D&D because they've watched Critical Role. And it's like, I want to play that game. And I wish that this is just anyone who's ever created a role-playing system. Put a campaign online. Let us see you run it. <laughs> Let us see you play the game. And make some videos on here's character creation, here's combat, here's whatever, because it is hard to read a 400-page book and come away with it saying, I am ready to teach six people how to do this and run it and take responsibility for everything. All right, Chris, here you go. It's on YouTube. New game, Who Dis? from the Glass Cannon podcast. They've got the Alien RPG, Call of Cthulhu, Tales from the Loop, Cyberpunk Red, Call of Cthulhu... Um, all of that up there, running you through the I, rules for about an hour and then play through a couple hours. I do want to run a Call of Cthulhu game. Um, I, I played in one at a, at a convention, the last game hole con I went to, um, which is one of the last conventions I went to. And it's a very fun game. 
And like, it's a very fun game for being able to just do one off. You like, you don't want to, you don't necessarily need to do campaigns in Call of Cthulhu. You're either going to go insane or save the world or the world's going to be destroyed. You don't need a long campaign to do that. It just happens. But yeah. All right. I'm going to start looking at this stuff. We'll see. I, honestly, one of the main reasons why I can't get into the stuff that you listen to is because it's Pathfinder and I just loathe it so much. <laughs> I, I just hate everything about it. So I get PTSD whenever something Pathfinder comes across my, my way. All right. Um, we should give away some games because I have too many games and I just, I just want to give them away. We didn't have a Gen Con this year and so I didn't get to give away a bunch of games then. Um, I'm adding a couple things to the show notes. I'll add them tonight. So there'll be a few extra things up there. One of the things I'm going to put up there is box o small games. So I have a ton of games that are come in boxes like Tiny Epic size and lower. Um, I don't think there's any Tiny Epic games that I will be giving away, but that size box and smaller. And I am just going to take a box and... Put as many of these small box games as I can in there. Probably at least 20, maybe more. So if you choose the box of small games option, that's what you're getting. Um, they're, they're not going to be super crappy games. Some of them are going to be super crappy. Some of them are going to be good. Um, I, like, I just have a lot of small stuff that I'm like, I don't have shelf space for this. So I need to put them someplace. But I said we were going to make have two drawings or two winners tonight. I lied. I just I can't do two winners, um, so we're gonna do three because I have too many <laughs> games. I just need to get rid of games. I need to get rid of them. So um, we are going to. I'm. This is how it works. If you're in our live audience, um, then you are in within a second going to see a spreadsheet, and that spreadsheet has all the names of everyone who's entered. Um, it has how they've entered. So if you're a patron, you automatically get entered in. If you've ever sent me an email, you're automatically entered in. Um, in order to enter, all our, the official rules are in our show notes. But essentially, you just email me at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Contest entry 2021 in the subject line. You only need to email me once and you're in for the entire year. Um, at this rate, it looks like we have a little, about 120 um unique people entered. So if we do like, I don't know, 30, 40 drawings, you have a really good chance of winning something. So send me an email. Let me know you exist. Um, the more you send, the less your chances are. But that's beside the point. Um, so the spreadsheet picks a winner for me and I go five, four, three, two, one, wherever the winner label drops, that's who gets picked. And you may have to help for shipping. We'll we'll deal with that when you email me. Let me know what games you're interested in. And depending on where you are, um, you may have to help cover shipping costs. But we will, again, we'll talk about that. You will not be surprised what's going on. Um, I had someone enter from New Zealand today. And I'm like, I hope you win. Also, shipping to New Zealand is about $500. So I might just get it on an <laughs> airplane to deliver this to you. So um, our first winner, five, four, three, two, one is Adam Harrison. It's about time. I was wondering if Adam was ever going to win. So I'm just marking him in here. Uh, it's 322. Adam, um, actually, Adam's a friend of the show. So if he doesn't reach out to me, I'm going to reach out to him. Because seriously, Adam has given our show more money than anyone else should 
ap- ever consider. Like the appreciation <laughs> that I want to show Adam is insane. Adam will not have to pay for shipping, even if he's in New Zealand. I hope he's not in New Zealand. Um, because <laughs> seriously, he's been a friend of the show for like, I don't know, 12 years. years. Yeah, yeah. Just do, do that math. Um, he's paid for most of my basement. So, which is not true. I make nothing it's of not the podcast. not true. <laughs> He is paid for a lot of our hosting fees. (laughs) He's paid for a lot of our hosting fees. Okay. Next winner. Five, four, three, two, one. Um, Is Sean Peck, who's in our audience right now. Yay. All right. And because I said three, we're going to do one more. So five, four, three, two, one. And uh, is this right? Right. Tracy Burbaker. Brubaker? Brubaker. Tracy Brubaker. All right. Am I saying that right, you think? I think so. Looks All right. Uh, yeah, it looks right to me. All right. Um so, Adam, Sean, Tracy, reach out to me over email. Sean, you can reach out to me right after we hit stop. Um and let me know and there's I a would list. Like to point out that everyone's like, "Oh, Patreon's always win." Uh-uh. That one was just one email. One yeah, email tra- entry. Yeah. You tra- can do Tracy it. Tracy was just one email entry. <laughs> Um, so, and like I said, as the patrons fall off the list, cause like they have a few extra entries, but it's typically like three versus one. It's not like a huge it's deal. It's not a ton. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a ton, but as patrons fall off the list, like those, those single entries pop up there. Um, mm-hmm. all right. So there's a list of games. Uh, let me know what you're interested in. Also, if there's nothing on that list that you are interested in, also let me know. There's a lot of things on the list, so hopefully you'll find something. But if there's nothing on it, it's like, <laughs> all your stuff sucks. Um, <laughs> say that to me in a nice way, and I'll go back into my storage room of doom and start adding some more games to the list. I might have to give you some some titles <laughs> I have, to add to the list. <laughs> yeah, I already have like a box and a half of your games, too, that I'll be adding to the I list. I know. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think that is it. I Congratulations to everyone who's won. I'm super excited. Um, and let's go out. And then we will talk about D&D. And you guys are going to have to recap everything because I don't know that I have any recollection of what happened last Friday. And I know we played. <laughs> so take Table it away, Kitty. Game. <laughs> <laughs> Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. If you'd like to follow us on social media, the links for Facebook and Twitter are in our show notes. Want to watch us record live? You can find a link for that in the show notes, too. Comments or questions? Email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the Support Us link. And there's a link in the show notes, too. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons, Adam Harrison, Miles Beetroot Clark, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Jeremy Fisher, Terrence Miltner, Sean Peck, Christopher Dong, Jennifer Ingerbrecht, Brian Arnold, Michael Yanikowski, David Sellers, David Radke, Jason Marks, Anne Reynolds, Christopher Letgo, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Joe Rackstad, Weatherman Keefe, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Ben Gary, Matthew Droke, David Rank, Jerry Wong, C. Marie, Justin Willard, Jason Rodney, Cindy Loom, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Baz Flintham, Eric Salander, Glenn Cotter, John Williams, Sir Sully, Andrew Fayesh, Kamal Berth, Peter Fleming, Gary Bunker, Sahara Wentworth, Lightning Steve, Jim Conrad, Sean P. Kelly, Mike Smith, Caleb O'Brien, Don Gilstrap, Aaron Moore, Ron Nelson, Agnes Toth, Charles Pearson, Jesse Wheeler, and Ronald Roy. And thank you to anyone who's ever been a patron. Your support means the world to us. Till next week, keep playing games and having fun. 
So this week, I don't think I almost murdered you all. No, that was that was uh, last week. Okay, okay, all right. So we woke up in the room of death. Yep. And then we wandered down a creepy hallway. Yep. Um. We fought these like mouth things. Oh yeah, that's what it was. I was like, we fought some stuff, but I don't really remember. They were uh, gibbering mouthers, and they were gross. Um, but they were pretty easy. Um, then we encountered, so we had picked up this, like, undead NPC who was out to get his teammates, and we found one of them, and he was fighting with, uh, there were some creepy creatures. I don't remember what they were. They were super creepy. Um, and so- Weren't they, like, demon creature kind of things? Maybe. I I was obviously paying a lot of attention. (laughs) 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 But we- we saved him, killed these creatures, and then Spencer finally decided to like check their alignments. And was like, they're both evil and just murdered them. He just murdered both of them. Yep. Straight a up. With a, with a giant great axe said, oh, you guys are arguing. I'm going to check this alignment. Now they're both reading evil to you. I chopped their heads off. Okay, then. And that's where we ended. So I think you're camping out in the room with the beheaded party members i think we just did a short rest though we didn't do a long rest yeah yeah i mean it wasn't a long camp out but you know you had to tidy up the heads a little bit before settling down and we're enjoying the new decor okay (laughs) (laughs) i love these new busts that you put up (laughs) these are awesome all right so um we're gonna end this with a reminder that we record live and, well, I guess we're all alive at the time. We record on Zoom every Monday night. So join us. Because this morning, or before the show, we started talking about some stuff. And David just sent me a logo that, go, that went towards what we were talking about before the show, which I absolutely love. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it at that. If you're curious about what happens before and after the show... You just have to join us because we're a lot of fun. We're very welcoming and it's just ridiculous things that happen. So thank you, everyone. We will talk again next week.